0: My life would be completely different as would my family. Why isn't just one life enough to say something
1: needs investigating? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fortify Podcast, where our goal is to talk about all things that are hopefully fortifying to you and to your local community. Hey, 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 everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Ann Forty with the Fortify Podcast, and we are continuing our series on COVID vaccine injury, bringing the unseen into the light. And today I'm joined with Danielle Baker. Danielle, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for
0: having me i really do appreciate what you're doing and spreading awareness of our stories
1: well let and that's where we want to begin danielle has been a registered nurse for over 20 years in hospice and palliative care and in june of 2021 Her life changed dramatically after receiving the COVID vaccine. You're going to notice right away that Danielle has a voice condition, which was caused one of the myriad of issues that were caused by the COVID vaccine. So Danielle, take us back to what life was like before June of 2021. What led up to you deciding to get the vaccine and what has happened since that time?
0: absolutely Um, feel free to jump in with any (laughs) part of my issue my speaking but my brain doesn't always work how I want it to so I just want you to feel free to stop me at any time or I just keep going. <laughs> um, well, you, you
1: need to be seen and heard. So you just go.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it so very much. Uh, before um, June of 2021, I had been a registered nurse for 20 years. And in My hospice career for 17 of those, I made a natural transition into hospice because I worked on an oncology floor. I noticed when I was on the floor, because I worked at night, I would have these wonderful conversations with uh, these uh, women in particular because it was a women's oncology and they would talk about how they felt that they had no options Uh, it was either treatment or no treatment and that honestly began my journey on the importance of Being a a patient advocate, presenting everything, informed consent, transparency, and the autonomy that is supposed to be in a medical, professional, and patient relationship. Hospice was a good fit for me because I was able to take that time. To sit down with the patient and family, let them steer the boat, and I'll give you the tools that you need to steer where you want. Um, I was always active. I had finally met the love of my life in 2019. We brought together a blended family. Uh, my son, who is nine, his daughter, who is 10. Um, he uh, is our everything. Um, we were always on the go. We were either fishing or hunting or primitive camping we canoed and hiked and it was important to us that our children were as active as possible Uh, both of them participating in different things football cheerleading gymnastics dance baseball soccer you know we were that family weeks were packed weekends were packed and we just were always on the go. I treasured it. I, I was the soccer mom, the mom that put together all the bags and everything for the kids. And in addition to that working nine to five Monday Wow. Through Friday, coming home, fixing dinner, taking pride in my house, all
1: of busy those. Busy mom, busy wife, busy life.
0: And I loved every single minute of it. Um, my husband and I got married in 2020. Um, we had actually met at one of the facilities we were both contracted at and had planned a wedding at that facility because all of the women Uh just saw a love blossom in front of them. And Uh so we thought it would be neat to uh, do it there. Um, Of course, as we all know. Things turned out different in 2020. Um, both of us in health care, we worked on the front lines throughout the shutdowns and um, saw some pretty um, uh, heart-wrenching things with our People we know n- being isolated and put in a room for almost a whole year, being fed meals on styrofoam, no human touch. I, it just I, I can't begin to describe what we saw. And it gave us that much more resolve to show up. You know, every day to show up, despite lack of PPE, everything that all health care was facing at the time. And, and we showed up in December of 2020, around the same time of the rollout of the extremely safe and effective shot. Um, I had gotten COVID and acquired my own Mm -hmm. immunity as did um, my family, thanks to me. Um, In between that time, I I recovered quickly, did have some brain fog and fatigue fatigue, not anything that kept me from working. Starting in 2021, we began to see other states and other workplaces start to mandate the shot. When the shot came out, I had no desire to get it I felt I had my own immunity and my um, rudimentary understanding of how medication is passed through the system the timeline for this is uh, uh, unheard of Um, or what they tell us the timeline was but it's still unheard Um, but everyone around us was starting the mandates starting to pressure employers um, to encourage the shot Um, that same thing happened with mine They started to send out emails almost on a weekly basis, if not every other day, talking about the shot and that we had a moral and ethical um, obligation to take it. In May of the 2021, my N player had put out an email that stated if we didn't start the series or complete the series of shots by July of 2021, 20, they would be removing um, some of the benefits that we had. Um, i so um, wrong. It, um, I wish I would have known how wrong at the time. Um, my mind went to my family, um, my career, the patients. Um, we knew that it oh, oh, was gonna be mandated for our company in July of 2021. So I opted to move forward with the series at that time. We weren't given options for exemptions um, at at that uh, point. It was either you take it or you lose this benefit. The benefit was stated in the email that if you take the shot by July, there was basically a safety net. So if something were to happen to you because of the shot, or if you were to get COVID, then work covered time off for that. Um, It it was a federal law that had been reenacted in Mm -hmm. in April that they pay for time off. Um, I I went ahead and moved forward with it knowing mandation was coming and feeling I had a safety net if something happened. Um. that ruined my life um in june of 2021 i started my pfizer series uh first shot i got was on june 4th second third or fourth i'm sorry sorry second was june 26th um it was after my second shot that I had really began to have a lot of issues. I had a fall that same day within 24 hours of getting that. Um, it was actually within 12 hours of getting that second shot. I had a fall in Within 24 hours, I was in the emergency room. Um, After the fall, I had some pain, numbness, tingling sensations in my right arm. and The same arm I was injected went up into my face, down to my fingers, and I, I couldn't really move my arm it was
1: just excruciating i've Um, I've heard that from many other interns i'm sorry go ahead it's an awful awful Mm.
0: feeling um at that time i knew something was wrong i didn't understand the extent to what it was i had thought okay maybe they put it in the wrong space. Maybe they hit a vein or something when they injected it and now it's causing these problems. Um, I presented to the l- local emergency room um, and screaming in pain when I got there they caught me on a, a gurney in the back and the physician's assistant came in because he heard me screaming and um, I asked him one of the first things that I asked was could this be related to the shot let me I guess got,
1: what he said
0: <laughs> i you, you could probably predict exactly what he said i got a swift no a look and he said i'm ordering an x-ray and left i got the x-ray and he came back in The room almost immediately said that there's nothing wrong and sent me on my way within 30 minutes of arriving in that emergency room. Um, It didn't get better. And so I spent the next 24 hours to three days seeking out other care. We saw several other doctors had an outpatient um, visit in a clinic, had another emergency room visit, and uh, again, it was Well, we think that you, uh, well, they finally said that my arm, I had separated a joint in the shoulder. It didn't explain the severity of my symptoms and the continued shooting numbness and tingling lack of sensation. So we said we'll watch and see How it goes over the course of the next three weeks, the shoulder pain in my joint got better. My range of motion improved, but my symptoms progressed. Mm -hmm. Um, The numbness and tingling, the lack of sensation, all of that was worse. On July the 17th, I'll never forget that day, we were riding in the car and I had the most horrible pain that I had had ever in the middle to upper part of my back. Wasn't doing anything and it took my breath away it was bad i refused to go to the er because mm-hmm. of everything i had just been through and um the four days following that back pain i began to lose My my motor function and my sensation in my right leg had already gone from my right arm. It went into my right leg over to my left leg and over and up into my left arm. Um, I'll never forget I had that pain on Saturday and on that Monday the symptoms had spread Uh I didn't realize again to what extent until the therapist came over to evaluate me for services and at that time um, we were joking you know I was 40 years old 40 4 d one and why on earth would I need a physical therapist as she started to do her testing her smile just faded and um, through that testing we found that she could push me over I had no sense of balance or where my extremities at were in relation to my body Mm -hmm. Um, and and it just progressed to the point that um, I really couldn't walk. Um, I didn't move well. I had spasms that contorted me like a pretzel. I um, had lost my bowel and bladder function at the times. Um, We knew something was seriously wrong. Um, I remember thinking during that time... Maybe I'm imagining this, you know, it, this, this, it's just my brain being stupid because uh, I couldn't figure out how to walk. I couldn't have the strength to walk in just four days before I was basically okay.
1: Um, I refused to go to the ER and, um... I because you knew you knew the contempt that you were going to be met with. It's it's the same story I have heard over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, they they had already dismissed me, and I guess in a way had me believing from three weeks ago that this can't possibly be happening. I didn't. Know what was going on. I knew something was so wrong, um, but was afraid of um being labeled if I went back to the ER again. So, um, by that fourth day of uh, my symptoms had progressed, uh, like I said. To the point I couldn't really even walk. And so I um, asked uh, my ortho doctor about it. I had had an appointment with him. And he sent immediately to an ortho spine doctor. Um, I didn't go to the ER refused again and so they did arrange for an outpatient MRI but that wouldn't be until the next week Um, I I didn't get any worsening of symptoms over that next week I had progressed and then it stopped and was, was what it was so I had the MRI, um, this is about day 21, 22 after my shot. And, um, um. no, I'm sorry. We're probably about day 25 after my shot. It was 21 around, um, when I got the symptoms that started. So it, maybe even a month after my shot, I got the MRI and that's when I uh, learned that I had been affected by the shot. The shot m- made my body attack my spinal cord in area C3 through C7, and I got the diagnosis of a transverse um, myelitis, um, which is actually very common after uh, vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a yes, common it side effect of it, and I never... Heard about it. Um, but when they gave me the diagnosis, they also told me that um, my symptoms had progressed and the damage was done, and there wasn't anything that they could do about it.
1: Um, I, I can't imagine what that felt
0: like to so hear. Still uh, is painful to say. I can go back very vividly uh, to that day and conversation in that whole time um, that i knew something wasn't right but was blown off
1: so you take this shot so you can keep your job so you can keep your benefits um, this happens to you so then so then what happens i mean the, you know you said that People were told, oh, well, if anything happens to you, then there's some law that's going to cover all your expenses. I mean, so so have all your have all your expenses been covered and what's (laughs) happened with your employment and have you had any recourse to any of this? And yeah, Um, I wish
0: I could say That my expenses have been covered, but that's far from the truth. Um, at, at that time, after my MRI, they put me in the hospital, did so many tests, and that's when they said the damage had been. Done, and they were the first ones. My current neurologist that connected it to the shot. Um, so you
1: did finally have somebody who connected it to the shot. I mean, although it's obvious to everyone else, but but you, had yeah. I ha- I am am
0: lucky in the nature of that. My doctor connected the two. Um, yeah, well, as you're a, right. You,
1: you are lucky because how many stories were, they're still not connected. But I'm sorry, go ahead. So your doctor didn't connect it. And uh, the first one
0: that actually, the one that started the chain of the connection was the emergency room doctor after my MRI. I agreed to go to the ER to be directly admitted to the neurology ward. Um,
1: so, this is it, different from the first emergency room doctor that just dismissed you after 30 minutes? Oh, yeah. I, okay. I, I
0: completely different hospital. Okay. okay. Completely different. Uh, di- uh, yes. Um, okay. And, um, even then I was afraid to go. I knew I was going to be admitted and I was still afraid to go for fear of, you know, being told who knows what. But It's all in your head. Yeah. The emergency room doctor came in and sat down with my husband and I and he looked at us and he just said that he was sorry. And, okay, <laughs> he said, I just spent an hour reviewing your chart. This is what I believe you have, transverse myelitis, and I believe that it was caused by the Pfizer injection that you had on June the 26th he said that his sister many many years ago actually worked on to help develop the mRNA technology and he said very plain and with a sad look he told us that he was sorry and it was never meant to be used in this way um, so he's the very first one that connected to and charted it. Um, they hospitalized me did tests told me nothing really that they could do and they discharged me within the five Days um, they told us one third recover completely, one third regain some quality of life, and one third don't recover at all.
1: Um, uh-huh. I'm
0: I guess when you look at it in that middle one third, um, I had some partial recovery um, but I am left permanently disabled. Uh, My work denies any accountability. How? Of course we know that the government denies any accountability as does Pfizer. Um, So nobody has willingly jumped up and said hey this is our problem it's all me and my family's problem to deal with emotionally and financially
1: well what happened to the agreement that if something happens to you you know you 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 purposely got it i think before july 1st so that you'd be covered under this you know umbrella of, oh, if something happens, we'll be there. What happened to that?
0: Um, my not-for-profit hospice that I worked for, their name is Ohio's Hospice. They um, profit up to $49 million a year, and they said, sorry, not our problem. And that they deny having any um, binding document that holds them reliable.
1: This is so evil. And, and maybe it's just because, I mean, so I've been watching stories since early. 2021. Like, like for anyone who's listening, Danielle, this is not an isolated case. This is this is happening all over the globe. And you think it's evil. And I don't get it. I was talking to my husband this morning, and I'm like, how I mean, I you know, I think of all, you know, with my conversations with Bree and all that's happened with the FDA and the CDC, and they know this is happening. And I mean, you think of the lead investigator on Manny DeGarry's trial, like they know what happened to her, but then they're like, oh, it's all safe and effective. Like, how does that happen? I I just, so now, so here you are. So what is life like now? I mean, what, what is your life now? Um,
0: bed sores, therapy, um, pain, still issues with uh, my bow and bladder. Um, I don't clean anymore. I don't camp anymore. I don't do hikes anymore. Any of the stuff that I loved, I don't do because I can't do it. Life is uh, four walls uh, and advocacy. Um, instead of helping care for others, people care for me.
1: It's, it's hard. It's so hard not to be angry. It's It's so hard. I mean, I wasn't even injured, but just watching all these, it's just like, has, I want to go back. What, what would you say right now to any doctors that are listening? What would you say to them?
0: The number one is to quit telling your patients that come in with issues that it's in their head um, absolutely absolutely certainly the person that is coming to you comes to you because they feel safe with you and to have that um, trust and that freely given bond broken has devastated everybody who has sought help for their injury only to be met by criticism if you can't see that there is something going on at least quit pushing the shots because just because it hasn't happened to you doesn't mean it's not happening. It's only a matter of time before it rears its ugly head on somebody that you know, and hopefully it's not you.
1: All right. So on to lawmakers, if you could sit down with your, yeah, your senator and your congressman. I mean, because, you know, we work locally. With our lawmakers advocating and trying to get the word out, what do you want? What do you want your lawmakers to do? What do you want them to hear? What do you want the public health departments to hear?
0: Quit pushing I think, a fake narrative. How many of us are one to many? Eye drops can be pulled from the market when two people, uh, two people had an issue. And the injured just keep coming because the more shots you have, the more at risk
1: you are. Exactly. And And, of course, we we know that we're going to be gearing up for more shots and catch up on this one and catch up on that one. And I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, you
0: can't take a position in our country and a push for, um, freedom of choice for one thing, yet not another. Um, this should have never been a question of who do we force to take it? Um, Anybody that can read, can find information about what is going on. It's published. Go watch The Unseen Crisis. It breaks it down minute by minute. Yeah, I'll put that link in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. They knew knew within the first two uh, months. 500 plus adverse events made the VAERS system light up. And here we are almost
1: three years later Two. And that reminds me. Did your injury ever make it into VAERS? VAERS is the vaccine adverse event reporting system which we've talked about many times before but um did your report make it into VAERS? It did. It
0: it didn't stay there unfortunately. I uh did you
1: put it there? Did the
0: doctor n- nobody advocated for me to be reported uh, they didn't even ask my lot number my, oh my God. i don't even know that they knew which shot i took to be honest with you if i don't know that they asked um so i figured um at that point that nobody filed a re- report and I had been a nurse for 20 years and I didn't even know what a VAERS report was until I'm in the hospital being told I have transverse myelitis because of a shot. something I never knew could happen until it happened to me. Going down the rabbit Pole, and that's where I discovered theirs. So I was—I think it was either on my day of discharge or the day after. I filed a VAERS report, and along with that, I sent a letter to MedWatch in the FDA, letting them know of my reaction it was documented and it can be unequivocally traced to the shot I thought there's no way they won't listen to me I you know they're getting ready to give the e or the uh approval stamp for Pfizer and here I am in the hospital or just out of the hospital. And I'm thinking I'm going to save the world. I seriously thought that if they'll listen to me, why? I'm a, a, a nurse. i active. I have all the credentialing and the connection in my record to prove my filed report disappeared out of there. I found out about a year later when I was clued in by Bree to go check it, and um, gone out of the system, never to be
1: found. I. I. I just. I. I just can't speak sometimes. And because it's it's just so, so wrong, so wrong. And and, and because I know you again, your story has been repeated so many times by others. So what do you want to tell the journalists? the anybody who will listen? I mean, it's like we've all had to become citizen journalists. I mean, I'm doing what I'm doing because the reporter at our local newspaper says, oh, Anne, if this were actually happening the no the government there's no way it could stay quiet and i'm like that Well, that's kind of the story i mean like so so we've all kind of had to become citizen journalists what but what would you tell the journalists i'm waiting
0: for that one main stream unfortunately it has to be main stream or who they have led us to believe to be credible person to stand and think on their own
1: yeah they're and captured by that trusted news initiative
0: mhm and it's going to take a person that has ethics morals and a backbone who wants to be a hero to probably half of our population if not more and make and hold those responsible accountable and talk about us talk about what's going on use your brain and and remember why you went into journalism is to investigate and to find sources and to not believe the narrative where did that go why is that not being utilized anymore we are more than real and You can't look at the documents that were forced to be released from Pfizer and feel that it is only an opinion that something isn't going on because it's Pfizer's own data. Uh, They can't, well, they can lie, but they had to turn it over and it clearly shows that there's been a problem since day one, month one, month two of the rollout of this bio Uh
1: weapon. I was, I was collecting, I mean there were stories popping up all over social media and I, I was collecting them all because I have a website and I mean, the file was just getting bigger and bigger and the page wouldn't even load, but then, and you, you probably know this, then everybody started being taken down and flagged and you're censored and stories of people that I know that, that this was happening to, um, people would say, Oh, that they're faking it or, Oh, those false reports or um, you know, and we now know, I mean, Bree and others have filed the lawsuits. There's two now. One with um, uh, Jay Bhattacharya and uh, K-R-D and um, Klundorf. They have a uh, a lawsuit against the government. And now Bree and others again because of this whole censorship. It's uh, they all know it. It's all been documented how our government colluded with social media, um, and and because of that, people were shut down. They were. They lost their support, some committed suicide, but again, so you've been continually silenced and silenced. And that's, you know, that's why this series bringing, you know, the unseen into the lights um, because your lights have to shine brightly. And, and you, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna blow you out on my watch. And, you know, people need to see your lives. They need to see the hell that you face. They need to see the evil that has taken place. And so, you know, Danielle, I'm just so sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Newly married, you've got two kids, special needs kids. You're the driver. You're keeping everything together. And now this, and I am sorry for what's happened. Um, My charge to anyone who's listening um I, I want you you can't walk away. You you take this interview, you know, whether it's a video or on the podcast, it'll be on both. You share it with lawmakers, journalists, your family, your friends. Um, I'll put in where you you actually go by the course. I think you're Danielle Baker and the course nurse. And I'll put your so you're on Twitter and Facebook, and do you have a GoFundMe at all? Do you have any sort of fundraising? Um,
0: we have uh, a give this and a give send go. Okay, uh,
1: I'll put that in um, show notes. Um, is okay. there anything else that you want to tell the listener or the viewer be- before we sign off? Here is there anything else that you want to say? If there's one
0: thing for people to Think about um, take off your hat in whatever role that you are in for a, a minute. There's no disproving what happened to me. It's a documented imaging So, there's not any way, shape, or manner that this is just being made up. Um, I have all of the stuff to back it up. So, I'm one life. My one life could have been... Saved from the hell that me and my family wake up to every day, had one soul out there that is in a governing body or in mainstream started to really take this seriously. And put an end to it when it started and the first sets of data came out. My life would be completely different as would my family. And all of my friends and now family that have been injured. Um, especially my best good friend, Michelle. She's almost just like me and injured. Um, why isn't just one life enough to say? Something needs investigated. Whether you believe others or not, I feel that my life should have been worth it.
1: Your life is worth it. Your life is worth it. And I th- I think you know, I mean, I listened to all you vaccine injured. I'm, just, I, I'm glad you at least have the family of, you know, the injured helping the injured. And... um. And for those of us, you, I think you know that there are many people out there advocating and we're going to continue to advocate to get you heard. And so, you know, I would love to see a follow-up interview in a year and say, hey, look at, look at the world found out and wow, now you're getting the help you need. And, and, and you know what, folks, that's possible if everyone who listens to this does something. We could have that happen. If you take all that has been hidden and bring it into the light. And so I leave you with that charge, listeners and viewers. I leave you with that charge. You heard the voice of Danielle. You've heard her heart. This woman who has cared for people, who've had a heart for caring for people. And I ask you now to care for her heart and the heart of those who've been injured and silenced. And I ask you to take care of those hearts and move forward and get them into the light. Danielle, thank you so much for for sharing your story. And uh, let's hope let's hope that we can uh, have that interview a year from now. I can't wait! Thank you for having me on. Alrighty, Godspeed, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to check out the show notes for helpful links discussed in today's episode. Until next time, may you be a fortifier to the world around you.